Hello, and welcome back to another 12 Stone Spirituality Podcast. Uh, I am so glad that you are with me today, and, and truthfully, I'm just glad uh, to be uh, here today. Uh, I have been gone uh, for about three weeks, I haven't recorded a podcast in about three weeks, and uh, I have very, very, very much missed uh, doing this and being a part of uh, of this uh, community that's developing uh, around the podcast and uh, around the conversations that we're having and, and just the thoughts and, and the ideas. Uh, as, as most of you know, if you've been listening uh, to the podcast, uh, I had a uh, switch uh, in job, a job transition uh, where I was moving into uh, doing my consulting work uh, full time. And uh, with that, uh, as you know, if you know anything about consulting, there's a definite ramp up period, uh, an on-ramp period where you're uh, rebuilding your, well, for me, it was rebuilding my uh, client base and uh, getting uh, on the ground with a bunch of different uh, groups and a lot of travel, um, a lot of work. And truthfully, just a lot of goodness, uh, a lot of fun, a lot of goodness. Been uh, been meeting a lot of great people all over the country. Just flew in uh, late last night from uh, Chicago. I was in Chicago for four days, and uh, but now I'm, I'm back home for a week. Uh, I'm on the ground and uh, I have some time this morning dedicated to to being able to record the uh, the Twelve Stone Spirituality Podcast and. Like I said, I am so happy um, to be able to to be back here for uh, episode number ten, which is uh, which is an exciting uh, little milestone. It's a small milestone, but it's still an exciting one. And uh, like I said, I'm glad to be back. So uh, today, uh, today's podcast uh, is called Innovation, Possibility, and a Life Worth Living. Uh, so I, I've been thinking a lot uh, about innovation. I've been thinking about the nature of innovation. I've been thinking about the, the nature of progress. Uh, and uh, just been thinking about just why, uh, one, why it causes so much anxiety and fear uh, in some. And why, uh, for, for folks like me, it just causes energy. It causes excitement. Uh, for me, when I think about innovation and possibility, um, I, I, in progress, I, I just get excited. It, it, it feels like uh, I've been in a room with very low oxygen, and then all of a sudden, someone pumps in pure oxygen, and I feel myself come alive, and I feel myself wake up, uh, and I feel myself uh, have new energy and new life. And and but for some. Uh, for some, when you, you talk about uh, the idea of innovation, when you talk about the idea of, of new possibilities and, and progress, it does right the opposite. Uh, it sucks the air out of the room. Uh, it, it, it makes them slow down. It, it causes them to be fearful and full of anxiety. Uh, it, it causes them to have this sense of uncertainty. And so today, I, I want to uh, explore that a little bit. I want to explore why we react to uh, innovation and, and possibility uh, and progress uh, in the ways we do and, and maybe give us some tools uh, to, to be able to move forward because I think uh, I think innovation and possibility and progress uh, are actually um, these beautiful 
uh, God-inspired pieces of our life uh, that if we ignore or if we run from uh, or if we reject, uh, we might be rejecting the very call uh, of God on our lives. So that's what we're going to do today. So uh, like I said, in- innovation is a really uh, scary word uh, for, for a lot of people. And, and, and when I talk to folks, because it's not for me, so I have to ask other people. I have to ask other people why. And when I've talked to folks about why they uh, have a fear of innovation or why it causes anxiety, uh, th- there are a few, uh, a few things that uh, pretty consistently uh, pop up in those conversations. Uh, one, uh, for, for a lot of people, innovation is a synonym uh, of instability. Uh, for a lot of folks, uh, they are much more uh, glad to, much more happy to be in a system that's stable uh, instead of one that uh, is innovating. Because uh, for many, uh, the idea of innovation means that we are uh, in a place where we've messed up or there's a problem, uh, or we've hit a brick wall, or there's not another way forward. We can't continue to be the way we've been, and so we've got to come up with a new way to be. And so for many, uh, and, and this, you know, for many folks, this isn't their fault. The only time they've experienced uh, innovation or possibility or progress is when things are bad. It's when the company, um, when the company's numbers have fallen quarter after quarter after quarter, uh, when the church can't seem to make its budget for two or three years or the numbers are declining. Uh, it's when uh, you lose the job uh, and you go, gosh, I don't have anywhere else to be. And, and, and that is when so many people have first really thought about or encountered innovation. Uh, it's a way to dig out of a hole. Uh, it's, it's a way to compensate for a loss. And so for many, um, uh, innovation being coupled with instability is a perfectly natural uh, uh, reaction and a perfectly natural way to understand innovation because that has been the only place that they've seen it. And so it automatically brings up fear. Uh, it automatically brings up this idea of instability and the unknown. And, and I think innovation uh, for, for uh, many uh, is also uh, the, the fear of the unknown just in and, in and of itself. It's, it's this idea, it, it's maybe not that you've hit a wall, maybe the numbers aren't down, maybe they're, they're just fine, uh, but innovation uh, is, is new territory. Uh, it's a trail that we've not traveled down. It's a path that we've not walked down before. It's it's a new world with new possibilities. And um, you know, for for me, I'm I'm a person who loves to travel. And so uh, I was literally just telling a friend yesterday. We were pulling up to uh, O'Hare International uh, in Chicago, and and you know, when you get close enough uh, to the airport, uh, you get that first big whiff of jet fuel. And uh, she said that I lit up like a, a nine-year-old boy uh, because I said, man, I love the smell of jet fuel because it always means there's an adventure close by. Now, for some people, that you know, uh, metaphorical um, smell of jet fuel is terrifying because it means their world is going to change, because it means they're going to enter into a place where they might not understand what's going on. Uh, it could mean that they're entering into a new situation with new people in a new paradigm, uh, and they might not have a place there 
you might not have a place there. And so innovation possibility for many uh, represents the unknown. Uh, and for so many, uh, the unknown is, is just a fearful place. It's not a place of adventure. It's not a place of possibility. Uh, it's a place uh, of loneliness for some. Uh, it's a place of failure for, for some. It's a place away from home and away from uh, what is familiar. And so for some, uh, it might not be instability as much as it is just the fear of the unknown. And then for others, uh, innovation just means that we're not going to be able to rest. And I don't mean rest in, in terms of laziness. Uh, I mean, for some people, they're burning the candle at both ends. Uh, they're pushing as hard as they possibly can just to keep up, just to make ends meet, just to pay the bill, just to get to the next soccer game, the next baseball game, the next gymnastics practice. Um, some people are just running as hard as they possibly can, and they're exhausted. And um, they're in that place where if you put one more thing, one more thing on the calendar, one more thing in the cycle, one more event, one that some people are so tired, they don't even want to think a new thought. They don't want information. Some of you are sitting in that place right now. You are completely exhausted. And just the idea of innovation, because innovation always takes work, okay? Innovation is, is not something that, that just falls in your lap. Innovation always takes work. It always takes time. You have to put your, uh, your skin in that game. And for some, there, there's no time to put into it. There's no energy to put into innovation. There's no skin left to put, to put into the game. And so for, for many, they're just so exhausted uh, that innovation is the, is the straw that will break their back. And so there's good reason for people to, to uh, feel innovation as a very scary word. Uh, there's good justified reasons why people, when they hear the word innovation, they immediately recoil. Uh, they immediately become fearful. Uh, whether it's instability, whether it's the unknown, or whether they're just exhausted uh, and they can't add one more thing to their plate, there's plenty of reasons why people fear innovation. But here's why I'm talking about this today. Because innovation is not something to be feared. I believe with all my heart that innovation uh, is a tool uh, that is used by God in our lives, um, that is used consistently by God through humanity. Uh, I believe that it's a tool that humanity has used to seek the divine, to seek that which is beyond us. Um, you know, if you, if you think about just the trajectory of history, the trajectory of humanity, it is a, it's a trajectory of innovation. It's a trajectory of growth. It, it's a trajectory that says uh, what we were was good at the time, but what we are now is not enough, and what we can be holds hope and promise for tomorrow. Now, what I want us to do uh, over the next... Uh, a few minutes is to look at innovation uh, from a systemic standpoint. Uh, I know that doesn't sound very exciting, but it totally is, okay? Uh, now, here, here's why I think innovation is important. I've talked about why some people are fearful of it, but I want to talk about why it's important. Uh, from a theological standpoint, 
Here's why I think it's important. If we ever stop, if we ever settle, if we ever say we've got it, if we ever say we have achieved knowledge, then what we have done is we have put our place, we have put our minds, we have cast our lot as saying there is no more room for growth. There is no potential. There's not a next step in the foreseeable future. And I would also say that when we do that, we move out of a place of faith and move into a place of stagnation. And I think that's no matter what religion you, you're in, no matter what faith practice you're in. I think uh, that, that all faiths have a, uh, a forward push, uh, that all faiths have this uh, evolutionary cycle, this innovative cycle where, uh, where you see them grow, you see them move, you see them evolve. Uh, you, you see this in, in Christianity and, and in Judaism. Uh, you see how, uh, how the faith has evolved and changed and, and grown, uh, and, and not in such a way where it, it, it um, you know, it, it negates its DNA, where it turns its back on its, its history or its roots. Uh, but, but just as a tree, uh, the tree has roots, but it continues to grow up and it continues to change. It doesn't abandon its roots. And, and the truth of the matter is, if its roots are, are not there and are not strong, then the tree will topple and it will die. And so uh, when we think about innovation, it's not an abandoning of ourselves. It's not an abandoning of our roots or a forfeiting of our DNA. Uh, it's actually right the opposite. It's growing out of those things. It's growing out of our DNA. And so uh, from a theological standpoint, uh, I think innovation uh, is central uh, to what it means to, to be a person of faith, to grow. Um, and I think the opposite, which I would say stagnation, is, uh, is, is antithetical to faith. Uh, when we stagnate, when we create uh, stasis and we never move, uh, then I think what we've done is we've settled and we've said that uh, our place, what we know, what we've experienced, what we practice, uh, who we think we are and who we think they are, uh, becomes the God. Instead of the God, just like God did in the wilderness. You know, if you go back uh, to the book of Exodus, uh, God appears um, in the form of a uh, pillar of fire uh, by night and, and it leads... Uh, the God leads the people uh, through the desert, through the night, always in front of the people. It wasn't a God who uh, stood behind the people and pushed. It was a God who is always calling the people forward. Uh, I'm in the, the Methodist tradition, and uh, the Methodists talk about it uh, uh through, through the lens of grace, and, and the Methodists will talk about prevenient grace, and it's this idea that uh, God is always in front of us, almost like God is dropping breadcrumbs of grace for us, in front of us, leading us down paths of goodness and grace. That's a beautiful idea that there's a God who is leading us, who is calling us, uh, who walks before us. And that is why I think innovation and possibility are central 
uh, to our lives as people of faith and people of theology. I also think it's central to, to just humanity. If you're not a person of faith, if you're not uh, in a faith uh, tradition, I think it's central to our human condition, to who we are, that, that we are always being called forward, that we are always moving forward. That there's this, uh, that there's this natural inclination that there is something more than who we are, and that there is something greater uh, than what we are uh, at this moment. And so, uh, even outside of faith, uh, you see this call forward. You see this movement forward of innovation and impossibility. Uh, there, there's this really great book uh, that uh, I've come across recently. Uh, it's called Illuminate. Uh, the, 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 the title is Illuminate. Uh, the subtitle is Ignite Change Through Speeches, Stories, Ceremonies, and Symbols. Uh, and it's by uh, Nancy uh, Duarte. I think that's how you say her name, Nancy Duarte, uh, and Patty Sanchez. Uh, and in this book, uh, they outline uh, what is uh, often known as, as the innovation life cycle. Uh, and, and this is a uh, this is a, a, a book for business and a, and a book for uh, uh, how we how we motivate and, and inspire people. But uh, they they talk about uh, innovation and about how we uh, start. And if you want to see this um, uh, this this diagram, I would encourage you just go to Google, uh, type in uh, innovate. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, illuminate. Uh, and then innovation lifecycle, and it will pull it up on Google for you. But, but you start any venture, right? You start it, uh, and then that venture grows. Uh, whatever it is, whether it's whether it's a diet, uh, or or uh, a life of faith, or a new project at work, or you're trying something new with your family, uh, whatever it is, you 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 have a starting point. There's a definite starting point. Uh, and then as you pursue that thing, as you pursue that job, that position, that, that new venture for your family, that new faith commitment, that, uh, that diet, whatever it is, uh, you begin to grow in that. Uh, you begin to grow uh, and you begin to move towards uh, what you see as a goal. Uh, because most of us, when we start off a new venture, we have a goal in mind. We have some, whether it's um, terribly specific and spelled out or, or if it's general, most of us have a place that we want to get to, a destination, uh, an arrival point. And so uh, after we start, we experience growth. Um, there is a movement towards that thing. Uh, and then for many, many who stay with it, many who continue to push, uh, they will come to a point of maturity uh, or a point of arrival, a point where they've reached the crest uh, and they have a moment to look out over the landscape, look out over the place where they have uh, come from uh, and have a sense of accomplishment. Uh, you know, you met the goal, you finished the project, you got the degree, uh, you, uh, you, you hit the pounds uh, that you wanted to hit. Um, and there's a sense of arrival. Now, there can be multiple sense of arrival, okay? Uh, it's not just the apex. Um, and, and truthfully, what I will argue and what the innovation life cycle argues is that uh, when we hit the apex, uh, when we hit this place of arrival, uh, two things happen. Uh, one, that is the very moment when we should be rethinking our goal. That's the very moment when we should be rethinking the thing that we worked so hard 
to achieve. That is the moment when we have to start making contingency plans, when we have to start discerning what is next. That is the moment when, yes, of course, we take a breath, we look out, we are grateful, we're thankful, we see all the goodness that has come from our blood, sweat, tears, perseverance, uh, grace, um, and, and, and just commitment. Of course we do that. But in the same moment that we're surveying where we've come from, we also need to be looking ahead to where we are continuing to go. See, a lot of people will see innovation uh, as a uh, vehicle to get them to a final destination. A lot of people will see possibility as a vehicle to help them get to stasis, to the next stasis, to help solve the problem. But the, the, the problem with that is when you achieve stasis, it just comes with a new set of problems. It just comes with a new stagnation. Uh, and so one of the beautiful things about the innovation diagram, uh, the innovation life cycle, is that when you, uh, almost uh, simultaneously, when you hit that achievement, when you hit that goal, when you mature in whatever you're trying to mature in, that's when you should be rethinking that very thing and say, okay, so what's next? Uh, where's the next possibility? Where's the next goal? Because if we don't, uh, we lull we, we uh, lull ourselves into the false sense that we have arrived. Let, let's let me be really clear on this. If at any point in your life you sit back and you look at the world around you and you go, man, I've arrived. If you if you sit back in your chair at the office and you go, man, I made it. If you sit there and look at your family and say, gosh, doesn't get any better than this. If you look at any part of your, any part of your life and you think, I have finished, then you have been lulled into a false sense of security. You've been lulled into a reality that doesn't exist because nothing is, is, is static. Nothing remains the same. Change is inevitable. It will always. It's like gardening. My wife does these incredible gardens, and there is never a moment. She's learned there's a never. There is never a moment when, in gardening where you step back and you go, "All right, we're done." It never happens because it always is changing. Uh, you can go from one day to the next, and your garden can look completely different, either for the better or for the worse. But it, it's, it's always changing, and so is our lives, so is our conditions. Uh, I've experienced this in so many times uh, in my life where, where I think, all right, man, I'm there. I've arrived. I've done it. And then the rug is pulled out from under me. Now, not always in a bad way, um, but, but you realize maybe things weren't how you thought they were. Uh, maybe there are more possibilities. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, you know, you, you think you've arrived to the top of the mountain, uh, but you forgot to continue looking up. You just looked out. Uh, and then when you look behind you, you realize that there are still many, 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 many more feet to climb. We have never arrived. We will never arrive. And anytime you think you have, it's a false sense of reality. Now, for some of you are going, well, all right, I'm done. 
<laughs> some of you are, are uh, feeling that exhaustion. Uh, some of you are saying, well, what's the point? <laughs> if, if I'm going to have to just work and push and climb my whole life, then what's the point? Um, that's not what I'm saying. Because innovation and possibility, although it does take work, uh, it's joyful work. It's adventurous work. It's exciting work. Uh, it's work that reaps uh, benefits, beautiful, amazing, uh, transformative benefits. And so instead of this, instead of hearing when you arrive, when you feel like you've arrived, it's a false sense, it's a false reality. Instead of hearing that uh, and, and slumping your shoulders, because I know some of you are right now. Some of you are, uh, some of you may have thrown your hands up and go, what is all this for? It's, it goes back to that old, that old adage. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And I, and I believe that. I believe that so deeply. So it should make us happy. Um, and, and, and I do want, I do want to um, differentiate something. Uh, there is a difference in achieving temporary stasis as opposed to arriving. Uh, and, I, and I do want to spell that out because there are times when we need to rest, okay? There are times when we do need to sit back uh, and enjoy the view and see the beauty. Um, so often, my wife and I will go sit in one of our, we have several gardens around our house, and we'll go sit in one of our gardens and just enjoy what is, okay? You should do that. You should do that all along the way, Um but it's not that you sit back because you have found your permanent place. It's you should sit back and, and enjoy what has, what has happened. Uh, you should sit back and uh, take uh, inventory of the goodness of your life. You should sit back and be grateful for the work that you've done and, and the relationships you've made uh, and, and, and the journeys that you've traveled. So reflection is deeply important to innovation. Uh, it's deeply important to having a life that's worth living. Uh, never underestimate the power of Sabbath, the power of rest, the power of reflection, the power of just stopping and looking. But don't confuse temporary stasis a moment with this idea of I have arrived. They're very different things. You need to stop and smell the flowers. Literally, you need to stop and smell the flowers. And then it's time for the next part of the work. And then it's time for the next thing. And some stops may be uh, a moment and some stops may be a month. Uh, but here's the thing. They're all temporary. And that's the difference in temporary stasis and this idea of arrival. Uh, so temporary stasis, that's beautiful. That's good. We should do it. It's Sabbath. It's ma we we're made for it. It's different than arriving. One of the things I love about the, the teaching of Sabbath in, in the Jewish tradition is that it doesn't last forever. It's temporary. It's regular, but it doesn't last forever. It starts at sundown on Friday, and it ends at sundown on Saturday. It has a start, and it has an end. It has perimeters. It doesn't go on in an endless cycle. So, the very nature 
of innovation helps us live, number one. Number two, the very nature of innovation helps us live a life of possibility. So many of us live lives where we feel like we've arrived and we're very unhappy with our destination. I know so many people who feel like they're stuck, who feel like there is no possibility, who feel like their lots have been cast and they they are going to just have to deal with what it is that they have. There's no sense of possibility. There's no sense of progress. And their life becomes a life that is not worth living. They become depressed. They become sad. They start to self-destruct. They start making decisions that harm themselves and harm others because, and and I'm a firm believer in this, so many times when we start to self-destruct, it's because we are trying to, to destroy the system that we have built around ourselves. I I think so many people, when they start to self-destruct, so many people, so many men, when they start to uh, uh, make bad financial decisions, make bad moral decisions, when they start to have an affair or start to look, I think it's because they uh, feel stuck in their system and they think if they they do self-destructive actions, then it will shake up the system. It will destroy the system and then they will not be bound by it any longer. Here's the, here's the deal. The reason why we get stuck in a system is because we at some point get this sense that we have arrived or there, that there is no more possibility. So if you want to avoid being stuck, if you want to avoid feeling like uh, you are trapped, then look at life as a life full of possibility, a life full of innovation, and then you will have a life that's worth living. Now, here's the thing. There is always something more. There is always something better, and there's always something more meaningful. Now, hear me say, if, you know, I was just using the example of an affair. Uh, When you are, uh, you know, you're you're married, you have have kids, uh, you're in a committed relationship, whatever it is, that's not what I'm talking about is you're, you're, you're looking to, to upgrade your family, to upgrade your spouse. That's not what I'm talking about. That is shallow, uh, and it's actually right the opposite because when people um, have affairs, it's because they think that they can arrive at something else. It's because they're looking for that next thing that is going to be the arrival point. Uh, it's because they have become unhappy. It's because they've become dissatisfied uh, in their stasis, in in what they've achieved. Uh, So I'm not talking about the upgrade mentality. This is not a consumerist way of looking at it. The way you can look at it with your spouse, with your significant other, with your partner, is that there is more to the relationship than you are experiencing at this moment. There are endless possibilities of how to know and love one another. There are endless possibilities of how how we can explore these relationships, uh, what we can uh, achieve together, what we can give to each other. Uh, Most of us just stop at one stage of the relationship and never explore it deeper. 
the same thing with our kids. Uh, they, you know, we, we get into these rhythms and these ruts uh, with our kids. I heard someone say the other day, the only uh, difference uh, between a rut and a grave is how is how far is how deep you dig. Uh, and I thought, man, that is that's that's pretty powerful stuff. Um, so I'm not talking about this consumerist uh, mentality of upgrade when I talk about more and better and more meaningful. I'm talking about a new self-realization, a new actualization of your life, seeing new possibilities, realizing that what you have experienced, what you thought was the depth of the, of the relationship is only the surface. It is moving towards seeing the full picture. It's moving towards exploration. It's moving towards understanding each other in beautiful and deeper ways. It's not settling for the way you know one another. I'm talking about relationships here, but it's not settling for believing that you've accomplished all you can accomplish. Uh, it's not settling for, uh, you know, saying that, oh man, my rival is, is, is getting this giant house and, and these, uh, very expensive cars and being able to, to go, you know, um, golf whenever I want to, or, or whatever, whatever your definition for, uh, for arriving is, uh, it, it's not that, but knowing that there's something deeper in your relationships, knowing that there's something deeper in yourself. Uh, most of us and, and myself included, we, we don't know the depths of our own being. We don't, we don't, we have no clue uh, of the possibilities that lie even within us, much less others. And so it's not consumerist, but it's self-realization, actualization, and wanting to see the full picture uh, in a way that we never have and wanting to explore new depths. And like I said, like, like I said, this does not mean that we're not grateful for the moment. Uh, in fact, what it can do is it can help us seize the moment and savor it even more. The, the reason is because we, when we live a life of possibility, we are always looking with eyes wide open at the world around us. When you enter into life with, uh, when you enter into your day with the ideas of innovation and possibility in mind, it means that you are wide open to the world around you. It's not that you just slog through uh, uh, what has been uh, and what you expect will continue to be. It's that you always look for those new possibilities, those new opportunities, those new ways of seeing each other, those new ways of seeing the road you travel down and the way in which you travel down it. To be open to change, to growth, to be open to a new you and to a new other. That's the, that's the basis of grace. The basis of grace and resurrection is that what was is not what always will be. And it's being open to those possibilities of resurrection, of change. What, what seems definite is not. What seems set is still flexible. And being ready, willing, and excited about adapting to new possibilities in our life. This is a life of faith. It's a life worth living. It's a life that's exciting and adventurous. It's a life when you walk out the door, you smell jet fuel. And it gets you acting like a nine-year-old boy, ready to jump into what's next.
faith is a life lived with eyes wide open that sees the miracle and the possibility all around us. It's a life that births goodness. It's a life that lives, that breathes deeply, that seizes the moment, that reflects greatly, that is thankful, and that is always looking for those breadcrumbs of grace and goodness and possibility that are dropped in front of us. It's a small switch in how we see the world, but it has trajectories that have massive ramifications. So go out today and open your eyes. Don't be afraid of innovation. Embrace it. Look for possibilities. Push away uh, a consumerist mentality of more and better and embrace more and better as possibilities of death, of growth, of, of relationships in ways you've never understood them, of seeing the world in a way that you've never seen it before. You won't be bored. You won't self-destruct. And in fact, you will generate beauty and goodness and possibilities for others who are around you. Innovation, possibility, and a life worth living. Go and do it today, my friends. Go and do good, and I'll look forward to seeing you next time. Take care.